for us we're in the middle of the mountains we've got a church there in the valley we've got a church on the coast we've got four churches we want to start a fifth one in two months uh, we need a we need a couple of things uh, like I said my brother we needed a, 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 a tarp a big one so we can have services uh, we've been praying about a truck for a while now and uh, still praying for a truck you see the roads and the mountains and everything. You just need something. Just just help us pray. Uh, don't really. Somebody told me once, what what are you looking for? I said something that'll run. Amen. <laughs> That's about it. Something that'll run. It's good. It'll be a blessing. We can pull a trailer, and uh, we've got all these works. We're going from one work to the other. Pray for my national pastors. Please pray for them. They've got their towns are closed off, so they can't go to work. You know, they, 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 and they don't have a stimulus check. And so uh, pray, pray for them. We try to help them as much as we can. And uh, I have the privilege of being able to come to the States. But uh, anyways, I uh, forgot my prayer cards. Yep, it's been one of those days. <laughs> I left them at the hotel. So maybe tomorrow we'll come and drop some off so that y'all will pray for us. Please, please pray for us. Okay. And uh, um Amen. Open your Bibles, if you would, to the book of Mark, chapter 14 and verse 3. Now, I, I get a little bit excited uh, when I preach, uh, and so I, I just want to warn you ahead of time that I, I can get excited, okay? And God's Word does that to me, amen? Uh, but uh, listen, uh, the message I'm going to preach tonight, I need you to pay attention. If you check your phone or, or go outside, you're going to miss something of this message and it's very important that you get the whole message because I'm going to look at this thing from the four Gospels and so it's something that each Gospel shines uh, a light on it and, and, and so I need you to stay with me tonight. I try to be as quick as possible. Um, but uh, I, I will tell you three things. I will tell you what I know. I will tell you what I don't know. And I will tell you what I think. Now, there's a difference. We know what's right. We know it's truth. It's there. But there's things that I don't know. And then there's things that I believe this happened, which I could be wrong. Amen. Not doctrinal, so don't worry about it. Don't, don't, don't. You know, <laughs> we're not going to preach any heresy. Uh, but... Uh, if you stay with me, I think you'll get a blessing out of this. And uh, Mark chapter 14 and verse 3, if you would uh, go to verse 1. We'll start there in verse 1. If you have something to write with, you might want to take it out. Um, if if uh, you don't have something to write with, uh, get something to write with. <laughs> I'm going to give you some verses. I'm going to give you some text. Again, you can study them at home. If you find uh, something that I didn't do right, please Call me or let me know so that I won't be wrong anymore. Uh, but Mark chapter 14, uh, verse 1, we'll start there in verse 1. It says, after two days <clears throat> was the feast of the Passover. After how many days? Two days. Two days. I, I, write that down or just remember, two days before the Passover. Amen? And then we'll go to verse 3. And being in Bethany, where was he at? So now we have the time, and now we have a, a place, Bethany. It says, in the house of Simon the leper. Now, uh, folks, if you look up here, uh, Simon the leper is in Matthew. Simon the leper is in Mark. In the book of Luke, it says Simon the Pharisee. I believe it's the same person. Why do I believe it's the same person? Because his name is Simon. And a lady shows up to his house with an alabaster box. I don't think that was very common. <laughs> uh, and so I believe that's Simon the leper. In the book of John, Simon the leper is also mentioned. But I'm not going to tell you until we get there. And once we get there, you'll see why I didn't tell you, hopefully. Uh, again, stay with me. It'll be worth it. Pastor, nowadays people watch movies and there's these, there's these Marvel comic movies and uh, after the, the movie's over, the, the, the credits come out. And these, these people wait four or five minutes just looking at letters. 
And then, boom, there's a little extra clip, and that, that connects it to another movie. And it kind of, you know, I, I was thinking to myself, if people would pay that close attention to the book, uh, wouldn't, it, wouldn't it be something? We'd find, oh, man, I'd never seen that before. And that's, that's good. Amen. So, okay, uh, we'll, we'll read the story then. We should all be familiar with this story. Uh, it says, And being in Bethany, in the house of Simon the leper, as he sat at meat, there came a woman having an alabaster box of ointment of spikenard, very precious, and she broke the box and poured it on his head. And there were some that had indignation within themselves and said, Why was this waste of the ointment made? For it might have been sold for more than 300 pence. And have been given to the poor, and they murmured against her. And Jesus said, Let her alone. Why trouble ye her? She had wrought a good work on me. <clears throat> uh, I used to preach a message titled, A Good Work. A good work, number one, will be criticized. And usually by the people who are not doing yeah, anything. A good work will cost you. This thing was 300 pence. That is almost a year's wage. A good work, we said, will be criticized. A good work will cost you, but a good work will be defended. Jesus said, let her alone. And then fourth, a good work will be remembered. And out of that message, I kept preaching this message. I would see little things here, little things there. Oh, wow, I'd never seen that. Okay came this message. I'm, I'm going to preach to you tonight the message titled, A Missed Opportunity. A Missed Opportunity. And for the premise, I need you to understand that this is the last time Jesus is recorded to be in Bethany. This is it. After this, Jesus and Bethany are not mentioned together again until He ascends up to heaven in the outskirts of Bethany. Amen. So this was their opportunity. I believe they missed it. We'll bow our heads and we'll close our eyes. Pastor Mills, can you pray that God will bless this message, please? Our Father, we come to you tonight. We're so anxious to hear from you. Holy Spirit, have your way in our hearts. Amen, amen, amen. How sad is it to miss an opportunity? Uh, I don't know if you've ever been going down the road and there is a lawnmower for sale, $50. You're like, man, that's a good deal. You go home, you get the $50, you come back in, it's gone. But they leave the sign just to kind of... For the rest of the week and the rest of the month and maybe the rest of the year, oh man, I missed an opportunity, $50. I could have got a lawnmower. You know, when you're an elderly person, you're talking to your grandchildren, there's one time for $50 I could have got a lawnmower. <laughs> Grandpa's going to see now. No, no, uh, listen now, and on your deathbed, oh, $50 a lawnmower. <laughs> listen, a missed opportunity can haunt you for the rest of your life, <laughs> uh, or just for a little bit. But listen, here we see, we see in Scripture, a woman who took advantage of the opportunity. She had no invitation, yet she went. Uh, she was at risk. The Bible says she was a great sinner woman. They literally could have stoned her. Yet she went. She could have gotten criticized. In fact, she knew she was going to get criticized. And yet she went. And so she took advantage of the opportunity that Jesus was in her town, in that house, and she went. But in this house of this leper, people missed many opportunities. I'm going to give you four, uh, four missed opportunities, okay? A missed opportunity, and hopefully the Lord will help us uh, through this. Um, this, uh, there's arguments that this is one story. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is one story of, 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 of a woman and, and Jesus. Um, there's actually a couple of things. One, in, in, in one she pours a pound of ointment, and in another one she pours the whole thing. There's little discrepancies. But the biggest one is the dates. We read it here. How many days before Passover? 
two days before Passover. In the book of John, it says six days before the Passover. So there's a different date. That means there's at least two different times, uh, two different women, two different houses even. Same town, same Jesus. Uh, but we'll look at that. If you want to read it uh, at home, it, this uh, story is given to us in Matthew chapter 26 and verse 6 through 12. It, also, it is also given to us in Mark 14, which we read. It's given to us in Luke chapter 7, verse 36 through 49. And finally, it's given to us in John chapter 12, verse 1 through 6. Um, we'll look at these verses. Uh, we'll look at these scriptures if you didn't get that. Uh, and, and you can write it down later. I want to get right to the message, folks. And uh, first of all, I want you to see... Uh, a missed opportunity here, missed opportunity. Again, this was the last time Jesus was in that town, last time he was in that house. Um, first of all, I want you to see that they missed an opportunity to give the Lord the best that they had. Something funny happens in the book of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and even John. When uh, the woman pours the, the alabaster, the, the alabaster box, and she pours the ointment, there's an instant reaction. It's a, a 300 pence, 300 pence, 300 pence. My question has always been, how did you know? How did you know? How did you know? There's four Gospels. How did you know? If I told pastor, pastor, brother Gomez is going to guess what a man's cologne is, is, is worse. Have everybody bring their cologne. So if all the men bring their cologne, even the ones that don't use it, you know, they just kind of buy one because they don't want. <laughs> that dollar store perfume, you know, the one that you kind of go, and by the time it gets to you, it doesn't smell like anything. That one. And I'm looking, I'm looking, and I'm looking, and man, I'm starting to sweat. I'm looking, I'm looking, and finally it's like 48.54. He's like, brother. That's the exact price that I paid. Does anybody know how I guessed it? I have the same one at home. I really think that they had the same one at home. At least one of them had the same one at home. Now I'm going to throw this crazy theory. Not true. I don't know if it's true or not. Maybe since she was a great sinner woman... Maybe even one of the Pharisees that was there bought it for her. I don't know that for a fact, but I know it got really weird when she showed up. They knew how much it cost. Every time they say 300 pence, 300 pence. And, and now, listen, uh, when, when, when she found out that Jesus was in her town, when she found out what house he was in, she didn't look around in her house and said, what do I have two of? What can I get Jesus that, that screams, I love you, I like you, but, but I'm not a fanatic, you know, just. <laughs> she, didn't, she didn't do that. What, what can I give him that won't hurt my pocketbook? No, 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 no. She said, what's the best thing that I have? She said, oh, that thing's worth 300 pence. That's a year wage. I'm going to give my Lord and Savior that. You say, well, brother, she didn't know that was his Lord and Savior. Well, I think she knew more than what you think she knew. Jesus said she did it for my burial. Hmm. It's like she knew he was going to die for her. And so she gave him the best that she had. Now, there were other men there in the house. There were Pharisees. There were disciples there. There was people there in that house. My question to you is, why did nobody else bring perfume? They could have done it. In the book of John, she pours the, the ointment and it fills the house with the odor. Listen, if somebody else would have brought it, uh, uh, they, maybe the whole neighborhood would have smelled like it. And if other people would have given their perfume, maybe the whole town would have smelled like it. By the way, that's what missions is. When we give, we make a bigger impact. When we keep everything, we hold it to just... It's one of the reasons why God loves missions so much, because it gets us to not just look at us, but to look outwardly. I love it when somebody said missions is not about you. I know everything's about us nowadays. Facebook, it's about my face. And 
YouTube. It's about you in a tube. <laughs> they miss their opportunity. Now watch. Before we judge them too harshly, how many times do we miss our opportunity to give God the best that we have? You say, well, well, listen, uh, next service, N- next missionary, all missionaries ask for stuff. Next missionary, next project, next, next time, next time I'm in church, I'll give, I'll give, not right now, uh, I'll give later. Uh, who said you're going to be here next time? Again, I'm telling you, that was the last time Jesus was in Bethany. That was it. I have a huge imagination. I actually grew up without cell phones and tablets. Bless God. I can imagine this guy saying, honey, can you imagine this guy and this, this woman? And she poured that ointment like if he was some kind of Messiah. <laughs> Crazy. And, and like that thing's worth 300 pence. That's like a year's wage. Come on, man. Nobody's worth that much. I mean, you, baby, but not him. You know what I mean. And but, uh, you know, did you hear that they crucified him? See, I told you it's not worth. And then he looks outside his window and on the outskirts of Bethany. Wouldn't you know it? There's Jesus. And he's ascending up to heaven. Again, that's just my imagination. Oh, honey, get the perfume. Yep, missed it. Missed your opportunity. They missed their opportunity to give God the best that they had. By the way, folks, when we go, we can't take any of it with us. We can't. Second thing. I want you to see the second thing. First, they missed an opportunity to give God the best that they had. Second of all, they missed an opportunity. Go to Luke chapter 7. Luke chapter 7, please. Luke chapter 7. Luke 7 verse 36, if you would. Okay, so I want you to pay attention to a couple of things and and you'll understand when we come back to this. By the way, I'm going to bring it all together, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I'm going to bring it all together. And so stay with me if you would. Uh, Verse 36 says, And one of the Pharisees desired him that he would eat with them. That desired him that he would eat with them. That means he wanted him to go. He begged him to go to his house. Amen? Amen. The Bible puts that there for a reason. And he went into the Pharisee's house and sat down to meet. Amen. Verse 37, and behold, a woman. See, I don't know who the woman is. We read the other verse and it said a woman. And then it says a certain woman. And here it says a woman. And then in another one it says a woman that was a sinner. It It doesn't help me. I don't know who the woman is. But... It says, and behold, a woman in the city, which was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at meat in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster box of ointment and stood at his feet behind him, weeping and began to wash his feet with tears and did wipe them with the hairs of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with the ointment. Uh, She was worshiping the Lord. That's what she was doing. And it says, uh, now when the Pharisee which had bitten him saw it, he spake within himself saying, this man, if he were a prophet. Now, that's weird. That's strange, okay? If, if pastor's here and a sinner woman comes and kneels down, you do not go after the man of God. You go after the woman. Hey, lady, leave her pastor alone. Does that make sense? He went straight. Did you guys notice that? If he were a prophet. That's strange. He would have uh, known whom and what manner of woman this is that toucheth him. For she is a sinner. Uh, So are you. We're very particular and we're very funny about judging people how they sin differently than we do. Yeah. Yeah. Mine is called being human. That is sin. Wickedness. Garbage. I'm just, you know, in the flesh. We're all sinners, guys. And if somebody comes in here and dresses a little different and looks a little bit different, listen, don't don't be a Simon the leper. (laughs) Give them Jesus 
and Jesus will take care of them. I love what somebody once said, uh, you catch them and he'll clean them. I like that. Amen. That's good. <laughs> and the Bible says, uh, uh, verse 40, And Jesus answering said unto him, Simon, you see that? Simon, I have somewhat to say unto thee. And he said, Master, say on. Notice the hypocrisy. He calls him Master. When inside his head he was just saying, if he were a prophet. They could be real, real <laughs> hypocrites. Verse 41, there was a certain creditor which had two debtors and the one owed 500 pence and the other 50. And when they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both. Tell me therefore, which of them will love him the most? 43, Simon answered and said, I suppose that he to whom he forgave the most. And he said unto him, thou hast rightly judged. Now watch this, verse 44, and he turned to the woman. Did you catch that? He turned to the woman. What does that mean? That means he gave his back to him. Now, again, all this is going to come back. And you're going to be like, oh, oh, okay, I get it. He, he turned his back to him, okay? And he turned to the woman and said unto Simon, Seest thou this woman? I entered into thine house, and thou gavest me no water for my feet. Now that's, that's tradition. That's culture. People would wear sandals so their feet would get dirty and muddy and yucky. And so you, when you invited somebody to come to your house, you would leave water so they could wash their feet. When it was somebody very important that you invited to your house, guess who got to wash their feet? You did. That sucker should have been down there washing Jesus' feet. Yet he was criticizing her for doing something he should have done. Watch this. Thou gavest me no water for my feet, but she had washed my feet with tears and wiped them with the hairs of her head. Thou gavest me no kiss. Now don't, don't get weird. Don't worry about it. I know this is New York, but not that kind of kiss. This is a Jewish custom. Even the Muslims do it. It's a kiss, kiss on the cheek, a holy kiss. It's a greeting. It's like us shaking hands or fist pumps or even the weird elbow thing that now people are doing. Apparently that's a thing now. He didn't shake his hand. Wait, did we not read that he desired him to come to his house? Again, that's weird. That is so weird. It says, uh, um, Thou gavest me no kiss, but this woman since the time I came hath not ceased to kiss my feet. In the, in the Jewish custom, the feet are the dirtiest part of a, a person. She didn't care. She didn't care. 46, my head with oil thou didst not anoint. What is that? Anointing was for kings and priests. He didn't believe Jesus was even a prophet. Guess who believed? She believed. But this woman hath anointed my feet with the ointment. Now watch. Look up here. The second thing that they missed an opportunity was they missed an opportunity to worship the Lord. Now we're reading this and there's something missing here. Where are the disciples? She, she started worshiping the Lord and so now it's a, it's a worship service now. And she's loving on him and, and, and her tears and washing his feet. And, and why is John not down there saying, hey lady, can I wash his feet? Can I worship him? What about Peter? Hey, lady, move over. I got a knife. Amen? Got a knife. There's nobody. Just her. I can even imagine these guys going, ugh. It's too weird. Too strange. Too different. They miss an opportunity to worship the Lord, but before we judge them too harshly, how many times do we miss an opportunity to worship the Lord? Well, Brother Gomez, COVID. Okay. I don't mean God is not in his throne anymore. Yeah, well, 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 I've got a real job, Brother Gomez. Well, first of all, that's insulting. I have a real job as well. 
No, no, no. I mean, like, I have a boss and I've got I've got these these quotas to meet and and man, I'm stressed out and I've got this and I've got that. Listen, all of that is is fine and well. That's part of life. But God deserves honor. He deserves glory. He deserves worship. But we come in here with all that baggage. We forget to leave it outside. And what do we say next Sunday? Today I didn't really have church, but next Sunday I'll be tuned in. Next Sunday, next service, I'll sing a little louder. By the way, y'all were singing wonderful. Love the singing. But I asked myself, if we knew this was our last time on earth, would we sing a little louder? Would we give a little more? Would we get here on time? If we knew this was our last time, by the way, once we go to heaven, faith is over. It's no no longer faith. He's right there. This is our opportunity to show faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. This is our opportunity to please the Lord. So don't miss your opportunity. They miss their opportunity to worship the Lord. Third thing. We keep reading there in Luke chapter 7, and then I believe we left off in verse 46. We finished 46, and I finished this water. There's another water that says M. Who's M? Mills, he doesn't need it, brother. Brother Mills, do you mind? Thank you, brother. I love you in the Lord. Amen, brother. Yeah, you got the check. That's what... (laughs) Just joking, guys. Just joking. Okay. I need to be nice to him because, yeah, he has the checks. Anyways. <laughs> the, the third thing is there in verse 47. If you stay here with me and you read it. It says, uh, verse 47, Wherefore I say unto thee, it never says he turned around. So he's still looking at her, talking to him. Like, She's not the one who's a nobody, buddy. You're the one who's a nobody. Amen. Wherefore I say unto thee, her sins, which are many, you're right, she has many sins, are forgiven. For she loved much, but to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. And he said unto her, thy sins are forgiven. Verse 49, and they that sat at meat with him began to say within themselves, who is this that had forgiven Uh, That forgiveth sins also. Uh, That's the Son of God. That's God Himself manifested in the flesh. That's who that is, buddy. You watch National Geographic and you watch those uh, smart shows, Nat Geo and blah, 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 Discovery Channel. And they will all say, Jesus actually never claimed to be God. To where I said, that's ridiculous. Why did they crucify Him? It makes no sense. These are supposed to be scholars. Uh, They they blow it so many times. You guys believe in unicorns. Uh, You actually believe that the unicorn in the Bible is a made up fictitious animal. The unicorn that you're talking about was created after the Bible. Unicorn just means one horn. It's an animal with one horn. See how they try to make you feel dumb, and actually the ones that are dumb are them. They are. By the way, it takes more faith to believe in what they believe than what we believe. They believe nothing ran into nothing, crashed and created. Ta-da! Everything. Not something, everything. And in perfect order. Wow. That's faith. (laughs) We believe in the Creator. In the beginning, God created. Amen. So anyways, uh, they say, well, here's another little wink, wink moment. Who is this that forgiveth sins? Jesus says, and he said to the woman, thy faith had saved thee. Go in peace. Her faith in who? In him. In other other times, they would say, only God can forgive sins. And Jesus would go, yeah, your sins are forgiven. And your sins are forgiven. But only God can do that. 
Amen. By the way, destroy this temple and in three days, terrorist. Ah, uh, you guys. <laughs> now watch. He does this, but I don't know if you notice something missing. He never tells Simon, your sins are forgiven. Now, some people say, well, he was a believer, maybe, because it says that he who owed a little and then he who owed a lot and they're both forgiven. Yeah, but he was not a believer. He said, if this were a prophet, he did not believe in Jesus. She believed in Jesus. She was saved. She had a terrible title. It was a, a great sinner woman. When she left, she had a new title. It was Forgiven. He had a terrible title. It was the leper. But when Jesus left, he was still the leper. Can you imagine the missed opportunity for the rest of his life as his body rotted away? He would bump into something and lose a finger or lose a toe. He'd just stay there staring at that body part saying, missed opportunity. A couple chapters back or some chapters back, he healed 10 of them by Wi-Fi. They're like, they're over there. Social distancing. I mean, he was, he was over there. Y'all, 10 of y'all are healed. Go show yourself to the priest. Amen. There we go. Prophecy. He knew it was going to happen. <laughs> now, I'm being funny and, and, and facetious even, but if he did that to 10 of them, can you imagine? He could have gotten close to Jesus and said, Lord, will thou make me whole? And you know, I believe Jesus would have healed him. I don't know what he would have done. I don't know if he would have got some dirt. Or I don't know if he would have spit on him or slapped him a couple of times or dunked him in some river. I don't know what he would have done, but he would have healed. I believe he would have healed him. By the way, uh, uh, nowadays, uh, people are so uh, in love with the methods that they forget it's not the method, it's the master. That's why Jesus healed so many different ways. So he wouldn't say, well, this is how you heal. It's not about the method. It's about the master. He missed it. He missed an opportunity to stop being the leper. My question to you is how many people come to church and miss their opportunities to stop being the drunkard, the brawler, the sinner? How many people come to church and where two or three are gathered, we know he's there also, amen? And they get an opportunity to stop being that title that the world has put on them or that their sin has put on them and they miss their opportunity. Do you have any idea how many people are going to be in hell for eternity saying, I missed an opportunity, I missed, they told me, they gave me a track, they invited me, my mom prayed for me, my grandma, I saw this and I saw that, and one of the worst torments in hell will be remembering every time they were given the gospel. And they missed their opportunity. Fourth thing, and we'll be done tonight, they missed an opportunity to give God the best that they had. Don't miss it. They missed an opportunity to worship the Lord. Don't miss it. He missed an opportunity to stop being Simon the leper. Stop being the leper. And fourth of all, go to John. John chapter 12. Now stay with me. Don't get ahead of me. Don't get ahead of me. We'll, we'll read it together. Amen. Who wrote the book of John? John, there's no debate. It's not a trick question. It was John, okay? It's okay. He also wrote Revelation. So John is the revelator. He shows you some things that others don't. In fact, sometimes I liken John, since he was the younger one, I liken him onto like your little brother who tells on you. That's just for fun. I'll show you in the book of John with his own words, okay? <laughs> Here we go. John chapter 12, verse 1. If you have it, say amen. amen. Then Jesus, six days before the Passover. How many days? Six. six. What was Matthew, Mark, and Luke? Two days before Passover. Question, what happened first? This happened first. Six days and then two days. Why does that matter, Pastor Goldman? It 
matters. We're going to bring it all together. And I'm telling you, it matters. This happened first. Now, let's keep reading. It says, uh, uh, he came to Bethany, same town. Amen? Where Lazarus was. Lazarus is not mentioned in Matthew, Mark, or Luke in that story. Which had been dead, whom he raised from the dead. Look at verse 2. There they made him a supper. Matthew, Mark, and Luke, who made him a supper? He made him a supper. Simon the leper. He. Here it says who? They. Who's they? Martha, Mary, and Lazarus. We're in the same town, but we're in a different house. Are y'all here with me? Okay, so we're in a different house. This is a friendly house. Over there, you see Jesus pretty much by himself on the table. Here, he's got friends. And watch. <clears throat> it says, and Martha served, but Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him. Verse 3. Then took Mary a pound of ointment of spikenard, very costly, and anointed the feet of Jesus. I know who that woman is. It's Mary. And wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the odor of the ointment. Then, then said one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son. I'll give you about 30 seconds to kind of process that. Because when I ran into it, I was like, Now you're probably thinking, Shirley, Brother Gomez, you don't mean that that, oh yeah, and my name's not Shirley. <laughs> that, I think that's his dad. In fact, I know, I know that Simon was his dad, but I think if you read the context in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, by the way, most of the time it's just Judas Iscariot. Why did John tell us Simon's Now, I've got one little proof. I don't have a lot of proof, but I have one little proof that it was his dad. Watch what he says next. Uh, it says, Then said one of his disciples, Judas carried Simon's son, We should betray him. No spoiler alert. No. Oh, okay, so the bad guy dies at the end. We get it. Verse 5. Why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? Wait a second. I think I've heard that before. Anybody remember who said that? Simon said that. The same thing. Like father, like son. So, why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? Here's John throwing him under the bus again. This he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the bag and bared what was put therein. We get it, John. <laughs> Judas is the bad guy. Now look at verse 7. Then Jesus, then said Jesus, let her alone. Against the day of my bearing hath she kept this. Okay, I believe Judas got offended. There, there was sin in Judas's life. John told us he was stealing from the bag. By the way, folks, when there's sin in our life, anything that comes out of that book and everything that comes from behind that pulpit hurts us. I, I liken it to an ear infection. You have an ear infection that's really, really bad. You can have the best orchestra in the world play. And you know what you're going to hear? The problem's not them. The problem's you. If you ever come to church and you hear the pastor preach and it just gets under your nerves, you're like, ah! You need to check yourself. You need to check yourself. Because Judas got offended. Now, I told you what I know. I told you what I don't know. Now I'm going to tell you what I think happened. Like a detective, I'm going to put the dots together. You can disagree with me. That's okay. We live in America. or You live in America. You have the right to be wrong. Amen. <laughs> now stay with me. I'm going to bring it all together. I'm just going to step down for a little bit. Last, 
two churches I was in, I wasn't able to move at all. So, yes, this is what I believe happened. I could be wrong. Again, I'm saying I could be wrong. You can study it out. That's why I gave you all the verses and say, well, I think it's a little different. We'll still be friends. Amen. Uh, <laughs> now watch. This is what I believe happened. I believe Judas got offended. Why Jesus told him, leave her alone. I think he took that personal. I think Judas, brother, went to his dad. Same town. Bethany. And I think Judas said, Dad, can you check him out for me? I followed him. I was ridiculed. I've been following him for almost three years. He rebukes me in front of a woman. Doesn't take my ideas about the poor. And he came to preach to the poor. And now I'm telling him money and, and for the poor. And so is he for the poor? Is he not for the poor? I just don't know. I have enough faith. What is it? Crisis. I think he told his dad to check him out for him. Now, this is the proof that this is why I believe that, okay? First of all, who invites somebody to their house and doesn't even shake their hand? I'll give you, I'll give you an example. Did you ever have a birthday party and your mom or your dad said, you're going to invite that guy? You're like, No. Now, if that never happened to you, then you were the one that was not invited. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay, though. That's okay. That's okay, too. Young man, you're going to invite that guy because I went with his mom to school. We worked together. You're going to invite him or no party. Mm, mom. So the guy gets invited, right? He gets a little invitation. For the rest of the party, what, who's hanging out with him? Nobody. Why? Because you didn't want him there to begin with. So he invites him, begs him to come to his house, and leaves no water? Doesn't give him a kiss? That's strange. And another thing that's strange, when the woman shows up and she pours the ointment, what is the first thing that comes to his mind? Listen, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speak it. Or the mind think it. He thought it. He said, if he were a prophet. That's weird. Unless he was checking out if he was, was a prophet. He's checking him out and then he gets told a story. And then he turns his back to him and forgives her. So now the dad's offended as well. And Judas is even more offended because he disrespected his dad in his own house in front of his friends. Go to Matthew and I'll give you two verses and we'll be done. This is what I'm going to give you next is for sure. It's in the Bible. Matthew chapter 26. Again, you can think, well, I don't know about that. That's fine. That's that we're still friends. I haven't said anything that's blasphemous or or that's that's, you know, a heresy. But watch this. Look at these verses in the light of everything that we've read in Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. Look at Matthew chapter 26 and verse 13. If you have it, say amen. amen. Wow, you're already there. You're probably already reading it. Verily I say unto you, wheresoever this gospel shall be preached in the whole world, there shall also this that this woman hath done be told for a memorial of her. That's his last little slap on the face. By the way, everywhere they preach my gospel, they're going to talk about her. Okay? Now watch verse 14, then. Guys, I looked at the Greek for the word then. 
It means then. I don't need the Greek, guys. I have a King James Bible, okay? You can amen that. We have a King James Bible. Then, I went to public school, but I know then connects it. Then it says, watch. Then one of the twelve called Judas Iscariot went unto the chief priest, and he said unto them, What will ye give me? And I will deliver him unto you. And they covenanted with him for thirty pieces silver. Then something happened in that house that made him go betray our Lord. I'll give you another verse. Go to Mark, Mark chapter 14. Mark even connects it even more. Mark chapter 14 and verse 9. Mark chapter 14 and verse 9. If you have it, say amen. Verily I say unto you, wheresoever this gospel shall be preached throughout the whole world, this also that she hath done shall be spoken of for a memorial of her. Verse 10, and, and, that even connects it even more, and, and, where are we at? 14, verse 10, and Judas Iscariot, one of the twelve, went unto the chief priest to betray him unto them. And something happened. You can disagree with me about him being his father. You can dis disagree with me about him checking him out. You can disagree about all of that. But you cannot disagree with me that something happened in that house. And Judas betrayed the Lord. I'm, I, this is probably the most controversial thing I'm going to say tonight. <laughs> I don't think Judas had to betray Jesus. Or else there's no free will. No, he had to betray Jesus because of the prophecies. No, 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 no. Don't mistake foreknowing with foredeciding. That's not even a word. <laughs> God knew what Judas was going to do. That doesn't mean God chose that for Judas. That means Judas chose that. But God knew. So all the prophecies is God already knowing. But I don't believe Judas had to betray Jesus. I believe Judas got bitter. I believe Judas got angry. And he betrayed the Lord. We see it right there. Judas missed his opportunity to repent. When Jesus looked at that woman... And said, your sins, which are many, are forgiven. Guess what Judas could have done? He could have walked up to Jesus and said, Lord, if you forgave her, her many sins, would you forgive my many sins? And you know what I would have think, I think Jesus would have done? He would have said, yes, I forgive your sins. And then the what ifs. I actually think there was somebody closer to betraying Jesus than Judas. I think it was Peter. Remember Jesus telling Peter, Satan has asked for you so that he may. I think he was that close. But then Judas got offended. He said, uh-uh. He embarrassed me once. Now he's embarrassed me twice. Mm-mm. And he didn't repent. And that was the last opportunity Judas had to repent. You see him throwing the money back, it's too late. Next thing you see him, he's hanging on a tree. By the way, folks, how many times do we hold on to things and we miss our opportunity to repent? Whoa, 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 whoa. But I did nothing wrong. You're not perfect. You might be holding on to something against a pastor against a church member, against somebody, and you're holding it right there, just like Judas held on to it. How many people are out of church today, Pastor, because they've held on to things? Instead of repent, they've missed their opportunity to come to the altar. People don't even use the altar anymore. Well, if I go to the altar, people are going to think I'm a sinner. Uh, you are. I am. I'm a dirty sinner. I, I deserve to be in hell with my back broke. 
That's what I deserve. You might think you deserve better. Maybe you're the one that owed a little. But listen, don't miss your opportunity. The longer you hold on to it, the more, the more damage is going to do to you, to your family. And the worst thing about it is you might never get to an opportunity to repent again. This might be it. So I don't know if God's spoken to you tonight. Maybe you haven't been giving God the best that you have. Maybe you haven't worshipped the Lord like He deserves to be worshipped. Maybe you're hearing you're not saved and you still have a title. You haven't got rid of it yet. Maybe there's something that you need to repent about. Man, it'd be sad to leave this place and say, I missed an opportunity. Let's bow our heads. Let's close our eyes. I'll let Pastor give the invitation. I don't know if he's going to have somebody play. I don't know uh, what he's going to do. He, he, he's got control of, of, of the service. I just want to leave you with this. Do not miss your opportunity. Don't miss it. This is the day the Lord has made. This is it. So what nobody knows, God knows. God knows. If there's something you need to give to the Lord, give it to Him tonight. Come to the altar. There where you're at, pray and say, Lord, listen, I want to take advantage of this opportunity. I want to give you the best that I have, Lord. I want to be involved in missions. I don't want to wait till the next missionary. I don't want to wait till the next project. I want, I want to get involved right now. I want to take advantage of this opportunity. I want to get involved in church, outreach, VBS, whatever opportunities you send my way, Lord, I want to take advantage. Would you pray tonight as my brother sings? dealing with you good message this this evening opportunities we get them every day do we miss those opportunities or do we take advantage of them are we looking for the opportunities that we have to glorify God to get out the gospel to do something to put a smile on God's face folks are at the altar if God's dealing with your heart this this evening Now's the time you come.